welcome back, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us for the next episode of The Urban Village. I am Shawana Carter, your founder, the chief hope dealer of Carter's House. And of course, I brought my girls with me today. Woo -woo! Yeah, I got Aikens over there in the corner. What's up, what's up, what's up? And I brought my road dog, JJ. Y'all know I'm out here cooking. Yes, indeed. And so today we are live, live, live at the MLK Food Park Phase 4. We are so happy to be out loving on our community and letting them love on us. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on, but I want y'all to take a moment and meet the founder, the designer, the urban planner, the extraordinaire, Miss D. Powell, who put this thing together, and it's been going for a minute. What's going on, D? I appreciate y'all having me. I appreciate y'all coming out, man. I don't know about the, the extraordinaire, but oh, I be trying. You got it. You I be trying. It. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Listen, just so you know, I knew about you before I knew you, so extraordinaire fits oh, just man. fine, honey. Man, I appreciate y'all. Um... So we started as a pilot program further down the street on MLK and Home. All right. Uh, so I was brought in as uh, like a, a contractor for another, a bigger entity, like a Trek. Okay. So it was Trek. Uh, Better Block was the one that contracted with me. And then we got, it was involved with Cornerstone and St. Phillips. So they did it to activate the space, but also to... Right here? Okay, my bad. <laughs> Um, so it was to challenge mobile food vending policy. Um, as you can see, uh, the policy looks a little different, a little southern, a little further on our side of town. Um, where the, whereas it's like in Cloud Warren, yeah. And it was hurting mostly vendors of color, black in particular. Um, and to really show the space, you know, it had been vacant for almost a decade. You know what I'm saying? And that that's part that we were at saw a lot of activity. So it was really the, you know, you can do this in any in any community. It don't gotta be a certain income, a certain race, a certain type of people. Um, and that's been that's been the intention, continuing it. Awesome. So for those that don't know, we are in the heart of Sunny South Dallas on MLK Boulevard. If you have time, come on out, because we'll be here till 5. Yes, it's hot. Bring your white towels and bring some water and come on out here and hang out. However, what you need to know is MLK is a food desert. We have one grocery store in South Dallas. One. Um, and if a bus ride from here, uh, if you are in, I think the nearest grocery store is in Pleasant Grove, hunting. Yeah. So for a bus ride around here to get to the grocery store, that's easily 45 minutes to an hour. Imagine being 65, 70 years old, you got to drag your groceries back home on a bus. That's an hour one way, y'all. So this food park, while it's not designed to give food, it's designed to bring awareness to what we don't have over here. Um, and that's what D came in and made sure. Like, you go to Clyde Warren, it's a whole trail of food trucks outside, right? Mm -hmm. You can get whatever you want while you out there. Sure. You can just chill and have a good time. So D is creating that same space in the middle of what most people would define as the hood, sure. right? And so... For D, I got a question. So what is, you've done this four times. This is phase four. Yes, ma'am. So what? how long does this go on? Uh, we we on the road to permanency. Um, I think a big thing that sets my, my organization, DRVTS, um, or Do Right by the Streets. Um, First of all, I like that. I love it. When I realized what the logo meant, I was like, ha, Do Right by the Streets. Yeah, we're in the right it. place. We are in the right place. Um, yeah. Being an urban planner by day, um, I work in a public sector, so I work in a city, too. Um, you look... A lot, of, a lot of groups do this, you know, for temporary, you know what I'm saying, like the state fair. It comes for 30-ish 30, 30 days and it leaves and, the, you know, the community's left to pick up the pieces right. and pick up the trash. <laughs> and they right. got to go back to normal. Um, so the, the, the end goal really is permanency. Um, they always have a safe space. 
And as we grow, hopefully we'll be somewhere that's less concrete and more green space so it can really feel like a park. Right. You know what I mean? With all the parks that they have building that are coming around this area. For sure. I think it'll be a definitely, yeah, a definitely and, easy partnership. And a big thing that I try to get people, like we're not trying to take it from the community center. Like they're doing what they do. We're not trying to take it from the park season. That's not going to solve the issues, you know what I'm saying? I always tell people, the food is really just to get people out here. I want them to see everything else. Bingo. So it's, you know, creating an ecosystem. Um, we're, we're, trying, we're on the road to permanency. Trying to find a permanent home for the park. Um, and what that looks like, you know, it changes for sure, but we want to be able to have a place where vendors can come, sell their goods, see people that look like them, yeah, and vice right. versa. That's right. Um, not just food trucks, but as you can see, Hope Boys Kitchen is not your typical vegan food, you know what I'm saying? Nah, it's not. And me learning learning this community, like I'm originally from Arlington, so I'm from the other way on 20. You know what I'm saying? I always consider myself grateful that I was brought brought in and welcomed in to like be in the be in the like the heart of it. Um, so I think me and you two peas in the park. Because I'm a suburb baby who ran who landed I'm a sub, over I'm here. I'm a suburb baby. Yeah. I ain't even gonna care. I landed um, over here and learned my way through this thing. I grew up thing. over here. I've been over here yeah. for 35 years. Yeah. Grew up right there on South Boulevard, so I done yeah. seen these streets. It's been my block for 35 years, y'all. And this was something as we continued on the on the permanency. I felt like we didn't necessarily touch on in the original phase was we relied on St. Phillips and Cornerstone for feedback. And if you don't go to those churches. You ain't in the mix. You ain't right. in the mix. If your kids don't go to St. Phillips, you're not in the mix. You know what I mean? So for me and how I met Miss Wise, um, she was a vendor that signed up in the original one. You know, I asked her, I was like, take, take me to stop dollars on a regular day. A regular day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's they take real. me everywhere. And they took me everywhere. Went to the craft house. You know what I'm saying? Cold place. Cold place. <laughs> so I, I wanted to see the community. Like, we don't need nobody else telling you the obvious about schools. They know that already. It's, it's apparent. Um, this is more to better. This is more, like you said, we're not trying to solve, we can't solve the grocery store issue. But we putting people like, they come in here now, they coming to South Dallas now. That's right. That's and right. We, we building this stability that we're like, okay, we don't need your money, but we're going to take it, but it's going to be on our terms. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. It, it means exactly what you say, because the more times people come over here, they shop over here, then they have to experience the same thing that people who live over here seven days a week experience. Exactly. So when you come over here, you all of a sudden you need something, you realize you need to go to the grocery store. You're like, wait a minute, y'all ain't got no grocery store? Listen. What? Y'all ain't, yeah. ain't got this? Y'all ain't got that? Sure. But you'll never know it if you ain't setting up places like yeah. this for people to be able to come out and really experience. And it's, 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 it's a matter of growth, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still working on trying to get groceries out here so people can, again, not take away from the people that do free groceries. Not, not at, all. at all. Not at all. But sometimes, like you said, it's just a trick. Like, Fiesta's here, Psychobots here, but... That went, I mean, it didn't go the way that they intended it early on, you know what I'm saying? Fiesta can be hit and miss when it comes to fresh produce or something that's not expired, you know? That 45-minute trip, even if even if you're not elderly, even if you have kids. That's right. One. Listen, one. my first trip over here with my daughters, I was going to visit a French church off of Saeed. And I had my kids when we got off of 30. I said, y'all count how many grocery stores we see. And as we rolled down Robert B. Cullum, and they saw the Fiesta, and we kept riding all the way down to Robert L. Parish Drive. And I was like, y'all seen the grocery store? They was like, no, they only got one. At the time, we lived in Irving, and I had three grocery stores within walking distance. Right, so, You know what I'm saying? And they weren't like, I had a Fiesta, a Kroger, and I had a Aldi. And it was like, I got three different options to get my groceries. These people have one. And for my kids, it was like, but why? You know what I'm saying? One of my mentors had conversations with Kroger, and they were like, we can't come over here because they can't afford to buy. And that's, that's but funny. they got to eat. It's funny that you say that because, I mean, being an urban planning, you know, we 
we're supposed to be, you know, we, we lay out the city. We help people go where they need to go, go and all the things. Um, I'm going to say this, and I, we, we joke about it. Um, so I live in Port Arthur, Texas now, like on the other side of Houston. Yep. I come through this small city called uh, Willis. Willis got 6,000 people, give or take. They got a super pro, they got a Kroger marketplace off the highway. You can't tell wow. me it's based off of demographics wow. and population. People gonna spend the money Kroger except EBT. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that, they base it off the media. Yeah, they base it off some other things. They base it. It's an assumption of how much money you think they gonna that's spend. That's exactly right. it, dude. Right. So right. that's why, like, when the whole thing with HEB coming when they went to Plano, yep. it's not that they didn't have the space. You know, people will talk all day about the the vacant lots and stuff. That list, the, the buildings that are boarded up. They got the landscape. It's really the matter of they don't think people will spend this money. But they do. They will. You know what I'm saying? If they're given the opportunity to, and that's the thing, they're not willing to give them the opportunity to do what they need to do. Exactly. And all they're asking for is a chance. That's it. Supplies for what we need, and we make sure you got you for covered, sure. you're taken care of. Exactly. Because the grocery store now turns into more. Like now it can hold, maybe have a commercial kitchen. So now it's helping people that want to get started in food, or maybe they have a bakery. They're doing different things. Like the, the food park space. It's really just, like I said, it, it reels people in when they see trucks and stuff like that. But it's really, it's more to it than that. For the people that are really trying to dive deep into that culinary aspect or get their business started. And, you know, a lot of these businesses, when we had the original one, they said, you know, we started out of a pandemic. They got laid off or hours got cut or they just quit their job. Yep. So they found a way to maneuver and adapt. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are now. Getting permanent, we're trying to figure out what that looks like as a, you know, we always have a place to go. We have the infrastructure. Like this lot, people have gotten accustomed to. But I can probably tell you, we're going to be here forever for the fact that it has another use. You know what I'm saying? On the other side, they have, you know, medical offices and a pharmacy and just the the, main, the maintenance of it, you know? Right, right. I, right. I'm a one-woman one show at them for me. But I'm grateful for this type of community because they do a lot that I don't have to do as much as I used to. But we still want to be able to have it so where if we're set in a place, people can just show us. Show that's up. That's it. Make it real easy. Sustainability. Real easy. I think that's what, for me and my organization, it's creating these spaces that community see can be done, but it's like, how can you maintain it on your own? If you chose to. Exactly. Like, if I was to step out of the picture, I feel 100% confident that XYZ person or XYZ group could do it. I want you to be sustainable. I don't want you to have to lean on people. Right. You want to get right. execute whatever you can. Exactly. And I think that's, training. that's where the, the issue, not the issue, but I think the bigger picture of, like, you know, like she said about we can't get a Kroger, they need, they want it to where you have to rely on a big company or a big corporation to constantly come in. Well, if they, somebody, you know. So it's inspirational to see somebody like you come out. I hope You so. know, and people be able to look at you and say, wait a minute, if she can come out, she can execute and get this done. Okay, let me link up and see how we can do this. And we should sure. kind of be, begin to build, you know, kind of, that's what the urban village sure. is all about. It's about building that village with yeah. connectivity. It takes a village. That way those sure. things are present. It takes I a village, it. most definitely. Um, and that, the heart of collaboration. Like, I had to do a lot of learning, a lot of listening. Like, I knew Fair Park from the fair, but I had to learn. And it wasn't, I mean, me being a black person, it's not hard to, like, oh, my God, racism. Like, that. Like, it's not hard for me to grasp my mind around that. It's more so because the profession that I work in was the driving force behind why that happened the way that it did. Right. Understanding that was challenging, you know what I'm saying? Sitting with that was challenging, but... You know, it takes a village to make this do what it do. You know what I'm saying? It takes a village for these people to trust me the way that they do, to come out, not only be able to be in this space, but make money and see people to look like them and not have to feel like they have to meet a quota. Like, we don't, I don't ask them for their sales or anything like that. I want them to, I trust you, you know what I'm saying? If you made your money back or what you spent for a vendor fee, 
I want you to be able to say, okay, we sustain. But right. you're giving them options, though. It's true. I mean, it's it's something different for somebody who lived over here. The only options that you really have is like maybe pizza, or like you said, to go to the fiesta where you're looking at the food that's wilting. But if you don't have a car and you don't know nobody who's been able to get around, you'd be surprised how close it is sure. to actually get another option to actually get some fresh vegetables. But if that's not if that's not on your block and you don't have the accessibility to get out, then that, that tells you nothing. But then somebody like you show up and you got all these different options, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. I didn't even know. It even this like even really even being black it takes you out of the I'm sorry, it takes uh -huh. you out of the mindset of like you don't we don't just you don't all of us just don't like pieces of barbecue and so forth. That's not all we eat seafood. That's not all we eat. I like it, don't get me wrong, you know what I'm saying? We like it, we but do. we want we don't want, want it, a, a variety. They don't of want it every day. And right. I mean, I think now more people are saying that they have different dietary restrictions. Their kids eat differently. Mm -hmm. People are going towards that gluten-free vegan option. Sometimes people can't, a lot of, like you said, without a car, you can't follow a food truck around the city. You got to hope and pray that they in your area and you've seen it on Instagram or Facebook or wherever they, you know, keep people updated. Right. You know what I'm saying? It makes so you feel alienated from everybody because you're looking at stuff exactly. online and you're looking at people and you're exactly. like, wait a minute. I mean, I wish I could get to that or, you know, you'd be waiting for anything and anything to give you an option to kind of get out. And that just kind of takes away from the community because in your eyes, you think you have to leave the community to get what you need to, to get. get what you need. For sure. And so the big part of the permanency for us, you know, is being, being able to be counted on, to be accountable. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's good. You know, it's not like it's a big city initiative or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, I'm grateful for the, for the relationship that we have massage with city and the red tape. But it's, you know, it's. It's really like nobody said, in the first one, they said nobody was going to come down here. Nobody was going to come to South Dallas. And they wasn't going to come for 30 days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know what I mean? Like. And that first one was a real cold weekend. Man, I didn't what? make it, but everybody I knew was at the park. And man. I was sad that I missed it. Man, it was crazy. It was. It was ridiculous. I was like, oh my gosh, everybody was at the park. And actually, Akins and I looked up on the park one day, day looking for the cookie lady, D, <laughs> the one that makes the oatmeal cream pies. Yeah. We had called, we had looked for her all week long. And she, D, uh, Akins had texted her and was like, where are you going to be? She's like, I'll be at MLK. And so we went to the MLK Center, which is where my office is. And we couldn't find anybody. We looked around the corner and was like, oh, it's a food park. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> a lot of people, and that was, that was something also that I felt like we, we made we missed out on and I know you know the pandemic and COVID but we didn't really get in touch with people who were already here doing the work you know what I'm saying we relied a lot on St. Phillips and Cornerstone not saying they're not a worth of information but right. there's people doing the work like you and other organizations like King yeah you know what I'm saying and we missed out on those because we were so focused on the, the bigger organizations you know what I'm saying it's all good it's so all good now, here now now we know for sure. now we know and so if you guys can make it out here again we're here till five o'clock there are vendors selling everything, people of color. These vendors got candles, soy candles, as a matter of fact, one lady has. Sure. They got books for free. They got food. Dallas Free Press is out. My boy King Shakur is on the ones and twos. We got all kind of food trucks. It's a funnel cake man around the corner, y'all. We finna go get some funnel cakes in just a minute. Um, we have jewelry. We have healing people out here. I mean, whatever you need, earrings, hats. Uh, Shanae Wise with Catering Done Wisely is out with food. Whatever you need, it is out here. Yeah, vegan out snacks. Vegan snacks out here. Vegan snacks, y'all. Uh, Nancy Cake, she has vegan cupcakes and yes. uh, something That's else. But it's vegan. And that, that Hope Boys, Hope Boys Hope got Boy a... A jackfruit Philly cheesesteak. I promise y'all think it's meat because I thought it was and I love meat. It was good. 
I'll taste, taste it for it. you. You're, you don't have to ask. It's okay. It was good. I'm we'll tell you about it. it. We'll do a review yeah. on the air later on. He didn't have a lunch yeah. since 12.01. He didn't have nonstop. Yeah, but since it started, somebody has been standing at that window waiting on their food. Yes. So, y'all, if you can get out here, D, I thank you so much. I, I thank, thank you for your courage to step out and start this thing. <laughs> I thank you for keeping it going because I know you've had some long days and some hard nights. Oh, man, it's But we appreciate it. And the fact that you were driving from Port Arthur up here to get this thing together, <laughs> yeah, dog, that's why you're extraordinary. <laughs> Go on and hold that title. I say mean, it with your chest, dog. Go on and say it. I mean, my people still here. So, you know, I come home, but... Uh, it takes it takes somebody to be able to do that. You know what I'm indeed, saying? Indeed, indeed, and we appreciate you. I appreciate y'all. You know what I'm saying? You. Thank I you. always say I'm not South Dallas bred, but I appreciate being able to be acclimated into the community. Indeed, indeed, well, it's a special community, for sure. most definitely. Most definitely. Thank you, D. Thank y'all. Hi, right, babe. So we are so glad that we had a chance to sit and talk with Dee Powell, the, um, I will call her the creator. However, we know she was brought in by some other organizations to start this food park, but she has definitely kept it going and watched it grow. And so we are so pleased that this urban planner chose this city uh, to start this thing and see what it looks like. Um, and the idea that it could be a, become a permanent part in South Dallas. It's amazing. It's freaking awesome. And that, that is her dedication and her commitment to come in from Port Arthur, Texas. Man, listen, that ride to Houston will kill me. But you mean on the other side? On the other side. On the other side. So we are very thankful for Miss D. Powell. So y'all make sure if you miss the park today that you stay tuned. Hit on Instagram. It's under the D underscore Powell. Follow her so you'll know when the next one is coming out and you can jump in. Hopefully we'll be back live and you can get on our microphone. Yeah. 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 yeah that's what we do. So we're going to go ahead and continue this conversation real quick. Let's talk about this community love thing. How Dia started off the conversation and giving us some things, some ways that she loves this community that she wasn't even born in. But it's a community of people who look like her and who deserve to be in a community like the one she grew up in. So how do we begin to love our community? What does that look like for us ladies? How does that look? I mean, you actually have to know about your community in order to love your community. You Word. can't just live there and not know anything about it. You have to get involved, see what opportunities are available, address the needs of the community, but you better yet find out the needs of the community. When you see things, so that you can address and ask yeah. questions. That's the best way to find out. Because I mean, yeah. that was a great example from somebody that's from the community. You see all this stuff going on and you have an assumption. That's the worst thing that you can do with somebody from the community is when you see things to just have an assumption. Stop ask some questions that's how you get involved that's how you know what's going on right so what the biggest i think the biggest mistake that nonprofits and organizations or businesses that come in community make is that they come in and when they come in they have already decided in their mind what's supposed to be here or how it's supposed to go or what the people need and the reality is you don't know that Right? right. You don't come into this thing not being from here and not and then you just automatically magically wake up and you know exactly what these people need and won't. Right? And so I think that one of the things I learned when we brought Carter's house to South Dallas was that I had to listen. 
right? Yeah. I had to pay attention and understand what this community is, how special South Dallas is, mm -hmm. right? Because I grew up in a time where we didn't hang out in the South, right? You went to the fair, you took your tail home. Hello, how you so doing? So be real, like South Dallas, like any other community, has its highs and its lows. And so as I was growing up, my mother was literally like, that's not where you hang out. Right, I'm a suburb kid to my core. I grew up in Duncanville, Texas. Before that, I lived in Richardson for a year. It's true. That is something that I would hear all the time when yeah. we would go places. Is that immediately they ask us where we're from. Mm -hmm. The moment we say South Dallas, it's like what? Right, you, you from where? Right, you like oh my god, you still alive? Right, and so I need people to understand. I think part of this, I want people to understand as we talk about how you love the community, is that when you love this space or the space you're in, you love it to your core. Right, mm -hmm. and you don't let anybody dog your part of town. I don't care how right. bad it looks to some, it's not that bad, right? Mm -hmm. There are all, there's all, listen, y'all, there are projects, there is drugs, there is crime, there is, you know, robberies, murders. That happens everywhere. Everywhere you go. It does not matter if you live in Highland Park, University Park, South Dallas, Pleasant Grove, it's going to. Why you put my song on, y'all? I know y'all hey. hey. uh, <laughs> But it doesn't matter where you live. Those things happen, right? They and do. so I think what we have to do as part of our community love is help change the narrative yeah. right? of what people think it is. Exactly. Because surprisingly, uh, a lot of people will know this that actually know me, but if you don't, you may not. I've lived in a ton of places. I've lived in California. I've lived in New York. I've been in, lived in Plano, lived in Allen. One of the safest places I have lived in my entire life is South Dallas. That's my hood. That's I rep South Dallas all day, every day, seven days a week. But you know what a, a lot of people don't even realize when they come here? They make you feel at home. They don't look at you some strange kind of way up and down to see what it is that you have to offer. They accept you for who you are. Right. It doesn't matter what it is. It's like what you bring into the table. Let's go. What let's you eat. Got? Right. Everybody, let's eat. Let's do it. And if you go somewhere else, Las Colinas, Irving, they looking at you up and down like, ew, what you doing here? Now, let's, I mean, why, why are you here? Now let's be yeah. real. When I got here five years ago, as a suburb kid moving into the MLK, so, oh, I, I didn't know nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't know nothing. I, matter of fact, I'm gonna be real honest with y'all, real transparent. The day I came from my meeting at the MLK Center, I had to use the GPS because I had never been to the center. Oh, no. <laughs> I knew you how know to what? Get. You I, ain't by yourself because the first time you said, Akins, come on down here to the center. We got something we got to do. I said, huh? Right. Oh, my daddy said, I can't go to South Dallas. Right. No. just be real. Oh. Right. And so no. I was good and grown. And I'm going to tell you where I knew how to get in South Dallas. I could get to Fair Park yeah. and I could get to the Blues Palace. Yeah. Right. And get home. That was it for me, right? I'm going to be real honest. But now, Baby, we know a whole lot of spots to right. go to. And so and I need you. I think one of the things I learned about my entry into MLK Center and to South Dallas was that this community has is not only you know the term disenfranchised applies here every in every manner. Yes. Right. Um, but I also know that this community is welcoming. It's however, real. however, they are cautious. Very. We are. They are very, very cautious because there have been so many people who have come in and said, I'm going to do this, that, and the third, right. yeah. and they have collected their checks and they have left, Bingo. Mm -hmm. right? And they want to take pictures, they want you to smile, get all the get all the poor faces they can see. Absolutely. Snap those my, photos my, and exits um, and get out of here as soon as humanly possible. Yeah, one of my one of my uh, most prized mentors, Christopher Simmons, pastor at Cornerstone Baptist Church down the block, he taught me a term when I first got here. He said, those are called 
poverty pimp. Say it again, please. Poverty pimp. What and is I the definition like, of poverty pimps for poverty those who don't pimp? know? And he was like, then people that roll up over here, take some pictures of some little poor babies, get their check and say, I'm going to do all these things, and then we never see them again. Wow. Right? And then right. they put a flyer out after they haven't been here for months and show like they've been here every day, but their headquarters is in Allen. Mm-hmm. And then they continue to get checks because they say, I come to South Dallas and do back to school. But we don't right. see you. At all. Right? And so I learned when I got here that it was a requirement that I be seen. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to, it's not that you have to, in a sense, you're proving. But what you're really proving is your commitment to the people. Right? Right? It, right. It's a, it, it is a, um, a it, trust is earned. Mm-hmm. Yes. And over here, you got to earn that stuff. Yeah. It is not free. Mm-mm. Because of everybody that has come in, because of the way the city has done, because of the way other businesses and organizations have treated them, mm-hmm. you have to earn that, right? And you so know. it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean everybody is in agreement once you're here, you've been here for a while. It just means that once you're in here, you find a few allies and a few friends who know that you're for real about this thing and you're going to put in the work and you are dedicated to the people. So that's what Dee is showing every time she makes that drive from PAT up here to come run this food park. But she selects the vendors. I mean, like, literally, we had to apply, y'all. Like, you, it was a tag on Instagram, and then it was an application. Right now. And everybody is selected, like, personally, to find out, make sure this is cultivated in the manner that our community is lifted up. Right? Like and that. so creating a space where these vendors who make these items who may not be able to set up an Amazon store or have a storefront are able to showcase their their gifts, their talent. Mm-hmm. This is love. This is community love, right? I can only imagine if we get a farmer to show up out here. Oh, man. Man, it's, it's going to be on. We're going to be right? some fat, fat people. I mean, <laughs> if we, we like had... Because I know, like, you know what I'm saying? We, we've discussed it. Like, we have these these pitfalls and these things that affect our community that nobody, you know, really wants to talk about or we want to talk about on the news every night. Right. But we're going to run around these positive pieces too, right? Yeah. Like we're sitting, we sitting in the heart of history. Yeah. Right. Right? We're sitting in the heart of history. We're sitting in, we sitting in front of the, big, the first MLK Center to get a statue of MLK. Yeah. That was authorized by Coretta Scott King. That was the first one. Right? We are sitting in a space where we have a uh, hundred plus year old slave cemetery in South Dallas. We got the great James Madison High School right across the street. Madison. Right. We got Lincoln Tigers around the corner. You know, you know what I'm gotta remember them Lincoln Tigers. Right. Let's just My godmama's a Lincoln Tiger alumni, yes indeed. But we have these, we have these schools that have boasted amazing talent. Chris Bosch came out of Lincoln. You know what I'm saying? We got we got these things, and it's not always just sports for us. Correct. Right? Correct. We have these amazing amazing people who have made strides in tech and education and community, and they are still coming back to serve their community. We got St. Phillips. You know what I'm saying? We got all these things. Juanita Craft. And for those who don't know Juanita Craft, I love her story. But for those, Carter's House is a nonprofit, right? And so we do Giving Day. Giving Day is done by Communities Foundation. And we very rarely hear the fact that Juanita Craft gave the largest donation, was the first one to give a large donation, essentially created North Texas Giving Day. Stop it. I did not know that. That is You learn these things, right? This place is full of history, the good and the bad. Like, even, even at Fair Park, where not even, I mean, what are we, 30, 40 years out from them having Negro Appreciation Day mm-hmm. to the fact mm-hmm. that we can go every day? 
to the fact that we're now arguing with them about a black woman who was doing amazing work for them not getting paid what everybody else was. Mm, that equity but this is, word. But this is, this is how we shift, right? We've gone from the, we, we haven't, it's not always gonna be good, mm-hmm, right? But, but it takes a, a mix of all of those things is that's what builds a community. And you hold people accountable. That's and what that's what Sam Dallas is known for. Yeah. Because if nothing else, we are a community. Yeah. I mean, and like Dee said, this is a matter of holding people, you know, accountable for what happened. Exactly. Right. Not just and you coming over and, and like as you're saying, word. you know, do the extra pipping. You no, know, if you if you say that you're gonna be over here, really commit. Really be over here because we're gonna take you to task. We're gonna make sure it's real. Mm -hmm. That's a real statement right there, right? So even in light of the things that are not ideal for the area, there's a ton of homeless people here and we want to clean that up. But I think out of respect to those people, you shouldn't come over here telling them where they need to go. No. You need to figure out why they're not there to begin with. There you go. There's always a root cause. Mm -hmm. And, and until we, they take the time to find a root cause of things, everything is going to keep happening the way that it's happening. Correct. We're never going to move forward like we want to move forward because you never get to the root of the problem. You just want to put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. And you can't just put a Band-Aid on everything. And treating it like it only exists in one part of the town. Exactly. And it does. Right? I don't know if you guys have lately been over, you know, not to call anywhere out. We're not trying to pick on places, but right there off of Lover's Lane. I'm just saying. I don't know if you've been over there lately, but uh, the north is starting to look real, real like the, uh, like the south. There, the same amount of same amount of homeless people that you run into there, you run into you know you run into here. Homeless people are everywhere. Yes, that they doesn't are. mean that you know we don't want the attention there, like you said, to get to the root of the problem. So ultimately, we can come up with a solution. But please don't don't be under the misconception that homelessness only exists in South Dallas. It starts somehow at Martin Luther King. It right. does not. It's everywhere. I mean, if you consider like, and the things that plague us, but the things that are also opportunities for growth, COVID-19, the pandemic taught us a lot about South Dallas. It did. Ooh. Right? It pulled the cover out. It's a lot it, of things that we already us. knew. We were like, oh, now the rest of you get to see it. Yeah, it's ugly, isn't it? Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. Look when at you started it. hearing about the ISD having Tons of students, I can't see that. When you started hearing about DISD having tons of kids who didn't have access to internet. And the largest telecommunications company is less than seven, right about seven point, seven plus miles away from us, mm -hmm. AT&T. Yep. When you started realizing that we have a abundance of second and third generation people raising children and they don't have, they're not computer illiterate. When you started considering that people were at home for almost two years without food. What? You know what I'm saying? So they brought to light a lot of things, but it also caused the city and the country, it also caused DISD, and it caused the nonprofits and the community to understand where we need to serve. Exactly. And how we need to serve. Mm -hmm. Right? So like for Carter's house, we're a clothing bank. And in the middle of COVID, I couldn't give our clothes. We didn't know how long it landed on, it stayed on your clothes before I could pass out something. So we had to shift. And so we jumped in with a few of our partners and we did diapers. Cause babies still gotta change their diapers. There you go, that right? was something that was definite. But I think that when you take the time to sit and listen and learn, um, then you can figure out what needs to be done. It is not a matter of you feeling like you have to do it all, but part of you loving the community is connecting with people who do something you don't know. Right. 
and learning how to help them. Y'all need to take over. I don't have that much time in my day, y'all. Before, before the pandemic, I never knew, I'd never heard the name Carter South. I did not know you existed at all, see? But because I was trying to put together a, a, a program moving forward, providing mental wellness to a group of people that I saw suffering, suffering badly. And you know, and it wasn't something that was common, that was talked about for us to have counselors and therapy. You hear about it, but then you're like, well, how do you gain access to those things? Mm -hmm. You begin to realize, wait a minute, not only are these resources that we're pumping at them and we're saying on the news that these are resources, you begin, once you start to really peel the onion, you're like, wait a minute, that resource is not really a resource for right. you at all. Mm -hmm. We have to dig just a little bit deeper and we have to build things that are a little more, that, that are a little more at ground level. Yeah. To, to, so that way we can even level up to begin to utilize those resources that are out there for everybody else that you hear them talk about on the news. That's real, that's real. Cause I mean, you can tell me the resource exists, but if I can't get to it, if I don't have the money to pay for it, if I don't have the time in my day, cause I'm working three jobs and raising five kids, to utilize it, what good does it do me? None, right? And so I think as we um, continue this conversation, um, we need to consider like, the nonprofits in the community, of course, that's my heart because it's what we do. Um, but also thinking about the stuff that's needed. Like this is how we got to the urban village, lady, right? Exactly. This that's is how we started this. We started it online in the middle of the pandemic when child abuse cases got high and when domestic violence cases got high. We was like, yo, parents need somewhere to talk. And so we created this as online. And our, our former uh, compadre, Nikki Handy, jumped in and helped us out. And me and Akers went to work. And then when she stepped away to, to do her thing with her art-inspired healing organization, then Ms. JJ joined us. And she brought in some amazing, amazing tools, right? So now we can offer our parents um, or people who are interested some access to counseling. Um, and so there are, some, there are some things you have to know. And so if you are interested in doing that, I definitely suggest that you reach out to her. But those are some things that we had to consider as the organization's started to shift because after COVID we can't run the same way no, we right we got to consider what our parents and our families need and continue moving in that direction because I can give our clothes all day but I realized my parents needed so much more than just clothes they needed counseling they needed some love they needed a little discipline they need a little hard conversation every now and again and so in our office that's what we do and then now we have the podcast and this love that we give out on the air, we mean every bit of it. Yeah. Just why when we finish our podcast, we always tell you, you can reach out to us. I might not be the one you need to talk to, but I can get you where you need to go. Bingo. Right? Um, and so we have us three and we are dedicated and making sure that we give access to access. Right? You're reaching out to us and I'm going to get you where you need to be. The ladies go do the same thing. So we want you to make sure that as you grow, as you go through this thing, as you figure out how you shift and how you love your community, how you continue to grow, how you continue to support people who look like you, when you lost, reach out. Yep. Ask somebody. Phone call, text message, Instagram. Hey, use everything that is available to you because that's the reason why it's there. But we can't help you if we don't know you need the help. Absolutely. So just reach out. Absolutely. I mean, it's not a judgment no. because at some point in time, everybody falls short. At some point in time, everybody needs somebody to lean on, to talk to, just to maybe even have a sounding board. So 
We're not here to belittle you. We're here to uplift you and to provide you with the resources that you need so that you can become a better you and you can offer everybody else what you can offer. Yeah. All right, ladies, any closing words? Keep your head up, people. Keep smiling. Keep asking questions. There's no good questions. It's a dumb question except the question you didn't ask. Word. I'm going to support exactly what you just said there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to add, the only thing I'm going to add is the, the tagline I often use, nothing comes to a sleeper but a dream, folks. Hey. Please wake, wake up. up. And if you need some assistance and you're looking for those counselors, y'all go ahead and go look up the moregroupinc.com. There is a section that's right there in the middle that if you're looking for a counselor, give me your name, give me that information. Let's go ahead and get you linked up with somebody. I'm not going to say I have the answer because I don't. I do have many problems. Folks, a many, many problems. <laughs> but I can get you linked up with somebody so we can start getting you an amp. Word, and I'm gonna leave you with this is just a bump in your road. Hey, hey. right? Just like a speed bump, you get to the top and rock yourself on over to the side and let's get through it, okay? So as we close out today, I want to make sure I give a shout out to our uh podcast and video production which was done by Mr. Bruce Montgomery, owner of WBET Consulting. Yeah, oh boy. That's our fella over there getting us together. And remember, <laughs> as JJ stated, you don't have to do this alone. We help you define your wellness in the areas of mental health. Contact the More Parallax Defined group and they will be able to assist you. That is where they believe how you treat people matters. So as we close out, I want you to know that this is Shawana Carter, your chief hope dealer. This is JJ, CEO and founder of More Parallax Defined. This is Akins, your elementary school counselor, and your CEO board chair. There you go. All right, y'all. We'll check y'all next time. Meet us in the village. All right. All right. We live.